I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am Darkwing Duck, and I'm listening to the Canned Air Podcast. How about you? And welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And returning to the show this week, to uh, I mean, we've already had him on to talk about his comic, Final Street, which was uh, successfully funded on Kickstarter. But uh, what we're going to be talking about now is how to pre-order and uh, where you know when you can expect to see this comic, the comic Final Street, in stores. We welcome Scott Schmidt to the show. Scott, thanks so much for being back with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. We're going to have a good time today. Uh, so, looking back into uh, pop culture history once again for our retro roundtable. And uh, we'll have to explain that a little bit more once you reveal what some of the uh, things we're going to be talking Indeed. about are, because we're doing it a little bit differently uh, in celebration of Scott being here. Whenever Scott's here, I think we need to incorporate video we games. We tailor the show yep. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's Scott's jam. Be I like that. Too. Yeah. I like it that. Is. That is definitely my jam. (laughs) (laughs) Then we're going to swing open the door to the comic vault. What do we have, gentlemen? I'm actually talking about, uh, I guess you'd call it a a sort of nexus point of indie webcomic creators, the way they get exposure, and just an absolute treasure trove of fantastic stuff. Sounds cool, Jack. I've got a blast from the past from, I think, 2015 they were on the show promoting a Kickstarter for Star Power. Oh, I remember Star Power. Yeah. yeah, those guys, they did pretty damn well for themselves. Yeah, if I well, yeah they correctly. did. <laughs> <laughs> a few of the things we'll be talking about there, and then we'll turn our full attention over to Scott and talk more about Final Street. But before we do that, Jake. Twitter, Instagram, both fantastic places to be entertained and informed. Mm-hmm. I take it upon myself to not only make you smile, but deviously subvert your instincts into clicking every link I put in front of your eyes. So head on down to Twitter, follow us at CannedAirPod, or Instagram at Canned underscore Air, and if you like what we do, go to Patreon. Help us out there too. A couple bucks a month goes a long, long way, and if you reach that $5 or more mark, you have access to our Patreon-only Founders Club podcast, what some people describe as their favorite part of the show. It's true. It's true. And uh, what else we got? What else we got? I'm still looking for those strange, those weird oddity kind of stories. The unexplained true stories that have either happened to you or someone you know. I want to hear them, put them into this new show that's uh, trying to take form. So if you have a story uh, just it's so strange, I, I, I don't know yeah, how to If it's dumbfounding or hard to believe. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be a specific genre. It doesn't have to be a ghost story. It could be a ghost story, but it doesn't have to be a ghost story. If nothing weird has happened to you, you're obviously lying to cover up the trauma of whatever (laughs) weird thing happened to you. Because it did. So email us. Go to candarepodcast.com. Go to our contact page or just send the email to candarepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know those stories and we'll be in touch with you. Also, your boys here at Candare, once again, we're going to be live at the Columbus Podcast Festival. Uh, our appearance is going to be May 12th at uh, 6.45, I believe, our set starts. Yep. Uh, but this is all happening at the Garden Theater in the short north of Columbus. So if you uh, if you have some time, come out and show your support and see see us crash and burn live. It's going to be a bloodbath. Tickets are 20 bucks, <laughs> or the whole weekend for 40 bucks. I think it is. There you go. You can't go wrong. 
Well, maybe you can, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do the best we can. Right, if you've got to either buy tickets or insulin for your daughter, I guess you've got a decision to make. But otherwise, it's a, we'll be okay with that one. Yeah, this is true. This is true. But on the plus side, they have booze, from what I understand. That's true. Booze is being served, and mm, that's a yeah. that's a deal sealer for a lot of people. So drink the pain of loss out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, with that behind us, let's just dig right into this week's Retro Roundtable. Engage. I'll be back. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! This week in pop culture history, April 25th, 1992. Growing Pains and Who's the Boss both air their final episodes, the end of an era. Then, April 22nd, 1998, Disney's Animal Kingdom is open to the public. Hooray! April 23rd, 2005, the first ever YouTube video is uploaded. It is called Me at the Zoo. Fun fact, the first ever YouTube comment? LOL. <laughs> Go figure. Back to you, Jeremy. Very good, <laughs> Very good. So what I was thinking we could talk about today, and again, like I said at the top of the episode, tailoring this uh, retro roundtable around uh, more to uh, Scott and the old video games, because I love to talk about oh, the yeah. old video mm. games. And uh, what was it, the Disney Park? Uh, Disney in, Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom mm-hmm. opened up. So what if we talked old Disney video games? Let's do it. There's a Ooh, little, yeah. There's, there's some good games in there, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, some Surprisingly of the so. Scott, let's start with you. Uh, what would be your favorite old uh, Disney video game? Well, um, I guess that sort of depends on if we're talking like um, like proper Disney full-length feature video game adaptations or if you're saying like cartoon adaptations. just kind of depends which Anything one. Anything that has the, has the Disney stamp on it. Okay. Uh, well, if I'm not mistaken, Rescue Rangers was Disney, right? That oh, was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to watch okay. the hell out of that when yeah. I was Well, then I would, I would have to go with a definite double tie between DuckTales and Rescue Rangers for oh, my... Get out of my mind, you son <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I mean, those two games just... Oh, man, I rented them so many times. I played them so many times. I never got anywhere on them because they were so damn hard because I was renting them as an eight-year-old. But <laughs> yeah, they are definitely amazing games. Yeah, they definitely are. I still, to this day, will play the old Chippendale oh, yeah. uh, game. I've got it on the Retron downstairs. But I've uh, DuckTales, there's an app on your phone that yep. is like all remastered graphics. It's the same game, just updated. Like It looks like you're playing the cartoon. You know, I, yeah. as soon as you suggested this this topic, I remember thinking to myself, whoever talks first, it's, it's going to be a race for DuckTales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. It's the, the best one, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Without a doubt. It's well, such I've a got, good game. I've got an opinion on that, but we'll get there. The Xbox Store has a the remastered of all those games. It's the, the Disney same one. Afternoon or whatever. Oh it was yeah, called. yeah. Oh, all right. those games. Yeah, yeah. Like it's all in a bundle, I think. All with new graphics. Yep. Shut up, dude. Are you <laughs> serious? Yeah, it's like the it's called the Disney Afternoon or something like that. It was on yeah. Xbox. Yeah, I think it was what uh, Ducktales, Rescue Rangers. I think uh, Tailspin was in there too. Uh, Tailspin yeah, is ne- horrible. I never played the Tailspin game. I think I did, but I didn't like because it was mostly flying, right? It was all blue and a little plane. Yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, you're flying in like a guided. Uh, it's like in Mario when the screen's moving and you have to run to keep up with it. That yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, where yeah. 
That makes yeah, sense. It, yeah, kind of like uh, Space Invaders. Instead of them coming down, they're coming in from the side. You're shooting mm-hmm. at enemies. Like a side-scrolling. Yeah, my buddy had it, and he showed it to me, and it looked fucking insanely <laughs> hard. Like, I have no idea how you, anyone could sit there and have that kind of patience. <laughs> and it's a funny thing, too, because I think about these games. You know, you were talking about, Scott, saying, like, Chippendale and uh, DuckTales back in the day, you know, as an eight-year-old, never being able to get through them. Uh, I couldn't get through DuckTales. <laughs> DuckTales, I said. <laughs> I couldn't get through DuckTales when I was younger, but um, Chippendale I did, only because there was a level of a like a, a persistence that I we all possessed in those days that current video games has kind of extinguished in us. You know what I mean? Like That's true. It was that, that persistence that kept me coming back to that first Turtle game, trying to get through that damn level mm. for years to come. You know? it, modern games seem like they don't want to stop you from winning quite the way older games did. Right. Older, yeah. Well, older games. I don't, I don't know how you guys generally played your games, but I know as a kid, like, you know, I was basically, I owned like five games, but I rented like every game oh, that yeah, came oh, yeah. out. Yeah. So, like, your rental is like your deadline. You're like, holy crap, I've only got, <laughs> you know, like six hours left in this game. I have to play it for the next five hours and 50 minutes until it has to go back to the store, you know? So, not much like, sleep happens on those weekends when you're right, games. Yeah. Exactly. But right. that sort of thing doesn't exist anymore more you're just like ah, yeah sure i'll play it whenever the hell i can so you know i remember renting nintendo 64 games from blockbuster way back when and the panic when that deadline was coming up because i knew everything was saved on the cartridge so if some other asshole picked it up and brought it home for a weekend there's every possibility all my progress could just be gone and oh, yeah. likely would be. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mean, I definitely deleted people's things. I was like, <laughs> oh, I got to start over. Sorry, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I still think of uh, Rob64 with a little heart on it. I'm sorry I erased your Bomberman hero save. <laughs> I know you had like 99% completion. If it makes you feel any better. Oh, my God. I went through and uh, re-killed all the bosses you so painstakingly defeated. That was probably a bunch of late fees on that one, dude. <laughs> you can't tell me there was a small part of you that wasn't just reveling in the fact that you destroyed all that man's progress. Oh, dude, I was so green with jealousy that it even made that point, and I was having right, such trouble yeah. with like the first level. So no, I was fine. There yeah, were, I like I remember were, you like took no pleasure in deleting that. There were two other open slots, and I still deleted. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. That's cold. That's the Jake <laughs> I was looking time. for in that story. That's the Jake I, I was I used to get pretty for. lucky with uh, Command and Conquer, the copy they had at my local Blockbuster. My save lasted months there. Really? Oh, yeah. Nice. I could just keep going back. The same little skirmish mission. Probably just means you were the only one running. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a really not easy to play port of that game. Sure. All right. Well, what else we got, guys? Aladdin for the Super Nintendo. That was yes. on my list. So I'm saying everyone's game. picking apart your, your list. Well, I mean, my list contains, I mean, the greats. I mean, right. I expected the list to get picked apart, but that is definitely one of the greats. The uh, production value. Out of this world, the music in that game was great, yeah. and I loved mm-hmm. it. It didn't have the saving option, but once you beat a world, it gave you, like, the... The, the little passwords. Passwords. Yeah. To, with, like, the picture passwords. And then Jafar would, like, push the scarab together, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that kind of like Prince of Persia-ish, where it, it you were kinda, jumping around, kinda, yeah. real good animations Certainly from the side? Certainly some, yeah. some thematic. Yeah. Yeah. There was another game, and um, maybe you know this, Scott, uh, on Super Nintendo, 
Uh, and I don't remember what it was called. If it was just called Pitfall, but it was like the continuation of the old Atari game. Oh my Pitfall! Yeah, the Pitfall, mine, the mine, mine adventure. adventure. Yeah. Thank you. I I have that game, and that game used almost the exact same mechanic as Aladdin. Yeah, mm. the jumping, the swinging around—it was very, very, Think very. It was similar. like the same engine or something. I don't Just know about sprites. the same yeah, engine, but it was definitely. What, what's that? It looked pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was bugged because again, another one of those games you just you you have persistence towards. Yeah. Over and over and over, you find things out about it. And I found out like a few of the main bosses, like there was just a little ledge you could sit on where they couldn't hurt you. And you just <laughs> yeah. Tap them till they die, you know. But I ended up beating that game again through that that persistence I don't have anymore. I remember loving the hell out of that game, but I can also remember the exact point I was never able to get past. And it was fairly early on. It was yeah, in, mine was like level four or five. There was like an underground. It was temple. the mines. Yes, yeah, the mines were because the mine carts would come whizzing by, and there wasn't enough of an I interval to like that. get yeah. past it. I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> it was at the point where it was like stressing me out. I remember you I just stopped playing it. Pitfall. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, Dude. Uh, what else was there? Wasn't there uh, like monkeys and shit that threw rocks or something like that? Oh that was, yeah. Like, yeah. Avoid, well, that's or, and there were like, monkeys. Red Hawks. The Panthers. Like, you'd just be walking and a fucking Panther would just (laughs) out of nowhere and destroy you. Then you waste all your big flash stones because you panicked and you can't aim your little pebbles right. I'm so glad that people have actual experiences with this game. I thought it was the only asshole that possessed this game for years. I I remember waking up one morning on a weekend and there was just a pile of Super Nintendo games on the coffee table in the front room. And I was like... What is this? They're like, oh yeah, your uh, your cousin Jamie, he left you a whole bunch of games, and I was like, oh, like it just God. didn't occur to me that that was a thing that could happen. You know, in my mind, a new game is something that happened every six months at yeah. best. So you know, yeah. birth yeah. miss today. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, Pitfall was one of those ones where like I followed it. It was like the first game that I followed. I saw it was coming out, and then because I played the Atari as a kid and then I played the the follow-up Super Pitfall for NES and it was it's horrible. It's <laughs> like it's one of those games that there's you can't get anywhere and it just kills you repeatedly. It's 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 hard as hell, but I loved it and then so when the Mind Adventure came out, it's like one of the first games that I paid full price $60 like as a Super Nintendo added to my collection game, so well, if it was going to be any game, I think that one's probably I, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there were so many games back in the day that if you bought, paid $60 for, you were screwed, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that is not one of them. That was a fun game. Superman 64. <clears throat> oh, yeah. That was a bargain bin purchase yeah. for me. But at the same time, so was Pitfall. You lucked out on that one. Cause that's, I, that's I did. Hidden gem you found there. But see, again, I'm going back to that that thing about the persistence. You know, we, we've all seen yeah. how bad that Superman game is, and if you like, if you haven't, you, Angry Video Game Nerd has a whole video <laughs> dedicated to how just the first level is a near impossible <laughs> race through these hoops you have to fly before you can even start the game. I remember going through like and, the second or third hoop and then just glitching into the ground. And yeah, I'm like, why am I drowning? <laughs> I did it though. Yeah, did I, you really? I successfully did it. I never beat wow. the game. But I did do that, and I did get into the game, and it was just so lackluster. <laughs> so lackluster. It was better than flying through hoops, but it was... That's uh, good. <laughs> yeah. So the, the fighting mechanic was horrible. The cameras were horrible. I mean, it can be said for a lot of 64 games. Yeah. Except oh, yeah. Definitely. Mario 64. Mario 64. Mario 64 what a treat. solid game. 
but not a Disney game. Let's get no, back to some Disney back games. Back on track. What about uh, Kingdom Hearts? I mean, has anyone here played that stuff? You know, love that I, game. Everyone I, loves it. Yeah, man. I I, I love that first game. That took me some places, man. Like, I was blown away by that first game. I am equally as blown away in a bad way about the sequels and then the whole, like, fandom that follows. Like, I don't really, I don't understand any of that and all those characters, like, the Kingdom Hearts like thing with all the keyblades, blah blah blah. But that first game, man, it's amazing. Agreed, dude. The quickest way to destroy your own interest in something is to take a look at the people who love that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, we we had it when it first came out. Uh, Brooke bought it for PlayStation Two, I think, and uh, I, I think I just more watched her play it than actually play it myself. But it was so cool just jumping between all the Disney realities with the same character and experiencing yeah, all these yeah. things. It, like Scott was saying, it was just a... I don't know. It's hard to explain. Just that whole universe. All these universes kind of coming together in a central area, kind of like Marvel's always done, I guess. You know what I you mean? You know, I, I kind of missed the boat on that one because when it came out, the concept didn't make a lot of sense to me. I had trouble, like, reconciling. I was at that age where I was young, but getting stupid, and I was like, Disney's for kids, you know? So I saw <laughs> that, and I couldn't reconcile. I was like, is it a kid's game? Is it not? What's happening? And, like, by the time I got it in my head what the whole thing was about, uh, it was too late, and right. I just haven't gone back. I don't know. I, I just I feel like I'd be so late to the party. Like, have you guys played Kingdom Hearts? Like, yeah. 15 years ago (laughs) I think it would hold up though honestly that first game like if you were to play it now like you know it's one thing to sit here and talk about games we love with you know nostalgic twinkle in our eyes but (laughs) a lot of these games if we were to actually go back you know like I I sit here I can talk up perfect dark over and over (laughs) again because it was one of those games that growing up like was one of the best like I played it more go play it now though yeah, yeah try to use that CPAD as a first-person shooter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I plugged it in within the last year, and my God, it, it just doesn't happen. You know, there's you just, like, throw up as you're trying to move around. <laughs> you really do. It's horrible. And I don't know how I ever did it, because I used to be a, a fucking hair, hair yeah, like, shot yeah. with that gun, you know? That's what I don't get, yeah, is how did we play that game when, like, when you go back now and you really just can't? Like, I've, I've tried to play GoldenEye, and yeah. I get, like... Two two minutes in, like I pick up that AK forty seven at that first tower, and I can't fucking shoot that guy who's like coming up the stairs to get me. I just can't do it. Yeah, what well, what's it's bad enough having your X and Y axis all in one stick, dude. You know? mm. Looking around and, and walking forward is painful, but I can't and default that settings are inverted and all that. Yeah, I think we're we're spoiled by how intuitive modern shooter control schemes are they're perfect but we're at a point where the movements in a game like that are more or less a product of your own thought Mm -hmm. like there's a reaction time element but you're never like oh how do I turn to face him you know how it's just a matter of can you do it fast enough with that like playing it these days you're fighting instinct every time you want to perform an action you've got to stop and take that critical moment to think uh, how do I turn my you head? You have to relearn how to walk again, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just remember when Halo came along, man, and just, like, blew the competition the shaft of, the water. of golden light came down from oh. the sky. <laughs> it's funny, because my buddy was home from uh, basic training or, like, boot camp or something. I hadn't seen him in months. 
And me and my friends went over to his house to see him, you know, for the first time in a while. And he brought home an Xbox with Halo and had it set up. And we played it the whole time. Oh, we didn't man. even visit with him. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah, it, it flipped my world upside down. Like, I, as soon as I left that dude's house, I was like, I got to get this. I have to own this. I have to own it. Like, as soon as I could possibly. Already Jones and, you know, as yeah. soon as you stop. Yeah. Anyway. Well, going back to Kingdom Hearts real quick, like, sure. I think what was badass about Kingdom Hearts was that, like, um, you know, most Disney movies, you just sort of, you think about, like, the romance or the story or just the kiddie stuff, but, like, no doubt each of those movies had their badass heroes, like the Beast and Tarzan and sure. and all those characters, so, like, Kingdom Hearts, for you to be able to have those guys fight alongside you was so awesome. Like, whenever you got to finally be able to have the Beast on your team, he was a badass. He just, like, <laughs> was just going around slashing everything. And you're just like, whoa. So, like, I don't know. That was that was a cool – it was a cool way for them to really, like, take this this universe and these, these universes and, and really, like – make them into what we like about video games like you know like putting you in the shoes of these people beyond what we know about them which was cool final right. fantasy is what sold it for me because it was done by square well square enix and i think they had final fantasy characters in there too along with disney oh yeah they? yeah yeah i think sid was in there at some point I think cloud was in there at one point too, of course, from Final Fantasy VII. Really? yeah yeah that's definitely the reason why i picked it up because like i was a huge square hardcore fan like right. you know from from final fantasy 3 on so i was like well if they're doing this game yeah. like, they, they just want. Right? I, it taps into something i don't know about you guys when i was younger i was never content to like just like something if i saw a movie a disney movie especially where i really liked the setting all that week that month i'd be thinking like oh i wish i could be in the setting i wish i could hang out with this character and that <laughs> and i think an awareness of that kind of mindset went into that game it must have right because it's it's the unification of all these different settings mm -hmm. someone yeah. must have been there like you know like, you know what let's do it let's let's yeah. bring these worlds to an accessible place yeah That's and it's pretty idea. crazy that they did that like it's it's crazy that that idea went from like spitballing in a conference room <laughs> to a reality like it's pretty crazy that that happened i would i would love to have been there the first like little brainstorming sessions like, right, <laughs> yeah. final fantasy mickey mouse Boom. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> you're fired you know <laughs> how many levels did it have to go up before it got green i mean i think nintendo kind of introduced that kind of concept with like their uh you know they have all their different games but the, then all these different characters come together on a medium to there's a lot race of cross streams yeah each other and have mario smash parties that's like yeah. even more inclusive Your smash brothers exactly so i think um this was just disney's answer to that i mean in a much better way i don't know those nintendo games are amazing and this game from what i remember was really good too so i mean i shouldn't really be comparing them comparing them but just a cool extension of that. Yeah. I wish the sequel stayed on PlayStation or something like that instead of going to the, what well, I think the PSP was the second one or something like that. I have no idea past the first. Yeah, there was, there was like a, there was a DS one, there yeah. was a PSP, then there's like, I don't know, they get in, they get into the like 1.5 version and 2.3 version of Kingdom Hearts and I, I don't know, 
I just I ba- I bailed after the first game because like this is just getting weird. So yeah, it's an expensive series to follow. Then if you gotta yeah keep getting all the yeah. I remember a few uh, pretty solid games were the first two Toy Story games. Me and Brooke oh, yeah. got each each of those games. I think we did the first one. I know for sure we played the second one. But Toy Story would... Two comes to mind is the one that I spent the most time. That game was awesome because like, you're Buzz Lightyear. You're Buzz you're Lightyear. Everybody's favorite character. And you're playing every level from the movie. Yeah, the one who can fly, fire lasers, and mm-hmm. do everything else. It's like, yeah, this is what I wanted out of this. But experience. not only that, like you, you remember the scene in like Big Al's Toy Barn where he's chasing after. <laughs> Yeah. Al and he he pulls off that stunt where he zips down the line, jumps off the end of that bat, and somehow maneuvers his way out the door. You know, you have to do all that kind of stuff. And they made on. it work. It was so cool. Yeah. I just I don't know the miniaturization and wondering Andy's bedroom, having to climb like store like peg hooks to yeah, get up yeah. the top shelf. It was just really cool. It was a lot of fun. I remember we got Toy Story three when it came out, or we we rented it and like were immediately let down. Like, <laughs> not the same experience. So. Oh, what else do we have here? Lion King from uh, the Genesis. Oh, that game's that's a good hard. one. Hell yeah, it was. Yeah, super hard. You know what? I think I have that game here somewhere. <laughs> nice. On well, it's not on the desk here, but it's in my case down here from the game, gear. Gear. The game I gear. I do have yeah. Lion King on my game gear, and it's hard as shit. Mm-hmm. It looks good. It oh, looks sure. a lot like Pitfall, yeah, actually. Sure. On that, on that. <laughs> yeah, come to think of it, <laughs> surprisingly, yeah. But uh, it's just one of the. I remember the first level of that game was so difficult, and there's so many games that do this where instead of like a path you're being led on. The whole map, the whole level is just one big oh, open map everywhere. that you can just see a tiny portion of. So you have to keep exploring the whole thing mm-hmm. before you figure out where this key I found goes. And That is the bane of my existence in all games. Mm-hmm. My awareness extends to like five feet in front of me and the three <laughs> feet I just walk past. You know, anything yeah. outside of that square, it does not stick. My uh, my mom bought this game for my sister and I when we were young for Christmas uh, called Bible Adventures. <laughs> oh man, I yeah, I remember that, that game. Chuck E. Cheese. It was like a blue cartridge. This thing was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Scott knows what I'm talking about. Absolutely, but there was a Noah's Ark game on there, and it was just the Ark set in the middle of these big woods, and it was just you could to run from one side to the other. It was pretty big. I mean, for <laughs> Nintendo, and. You had to find all the animals that go in the pairs of animals, pairs of animals, and (laughs) it's just funny because, like I said, there was the ground, the ark, and then a bunch of trees. So if you needed a cow, it wasn't just like okay, run to the ground and jump, run back, back and forth. This cow could have been in the fucking tree. You know, like (laughs) you never knew where shit was going to be. And then, like I'd say, gather the snakes. Well, there were snakes in the game that would actually hurt you, and then there were snakes you could pick right. up, and you could never tell the difference. Hang on, so he, he chose a species of snake to die in the flood because it was too aggressive? It must have. That's that's a lot of power. I don't it's know. It's amazing what... how they survived. But there's still <laughs> snakes that are mean. And that's how we got sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole snakes. <laughs> they adapted. <laughs> They're too powerful now. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, going back to the Disney Afternoon Disney games, what about Darkwing Duck? Oh, God. And I never played a Darkwing Duck game. That's Back a good one. On that one. Go ahead, Scott. It's very good. It's like it's like Mega Man, kind of like, you know, you get to yes. choose the villain you go after. And 
and like you know that side scrolling style level and uh don't you have like power-ups for your guns too like you, you got different ammo types yeah you do and that's the whole Mega Man thing is what makes that game great the game is yeah. hard as fuck yeah it's so it's hard. hard surprise <laughs> but yeah I mean we saw that coming I don't know Chippendale has a level of ease to it that this game just did not have yeah and if you took your time with Chippendale and pay attention you could get through it pretty quick not That's this true. game. This game just kicks you in the balls over and memory. over. But um, not impossible to beat. But yeah, you get to choose. Like, oh, if you're having trouble with one level, well, fuck that level. I'm going to go to this one instead. Where yeah. you're not mm. stuck having to beat that level to progress. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The angry video game nerd kind of steered me away from that one because he did a Darkwing Duck game and it was asinine. Some <laughs> of the shit you had to do. Like, you couldn't even jump to catch something that was way up high. I know exactly what you're talking about, and that was yeah. not this game. Oh, okay. That was for some uh, CD console. I don't remember what it was. No, this game's a lot better than oh, those right. games. This is probably the best one there is, but it's still hard. <laughs> <laughs> I have it downstairs in the retro game room. We'll have to play it sometime. Okay. But, um, what else we got, guys? Anything? I'm drawing a uh, Yeah. Uh, the, um, the... Shit, what are they called? It's... The two there's two Mickey Mouse games for Super Nintendo. Um, there's Magical Illusion uh, or Magical yes. Quest or something like that. But it's uh, it's Mickey as a magician and he like fires fireballs and stuff and he like goes to these forests and stuff like. Yeah, there was there, one of those games that was like really well, really well received, wasn't there? Like, yeah, was uh-huh. it's a it's a great. I think it's uh, Mystical Illusion or something like that. I can't remember. I never owned it, but. Um, yeah, it's a solid game. Like killer graphics, and like it's a solid platformer, and uh, like it reimagines like the his enemies, like Pete's like a giant spider in one of these levels that he has to fight. I don't know. It's like it's like a kids version of Castlevania almost. Nice. I love how Pete's just the default villain for anything, Always, yeah. anything they yeah. need. Yeah, he has no like definably villainous traits except no. he's a little brash and he's fat. Like that's yeah. All I it think takes. I think it's his voice, like yeah. and the stubble. Remember the uh, catchphrase that when we had Jim Cummings on the show, he does his voice. He said, "Daddy's favorite little write-off" or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll find it and splice it in right here. Well, you know, I love Pete, and I'll tell you, he's he's one of my favorite guys, and the the fact that. Uh, he is, and I always, I always joke around. I said, well, you know, Pete and uh, Mickey are tied for first place as the oldest Disney character because he was in Steamboat Willie. Right, yeah. right. You know, and don't forget, it's the Goofy Movie 20th anniversary in which Pete portrays father of the year. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. He's uh, he says, oh, son, I awesome. can't miss you if you don't go away. Bye. <laughs> you know, my favorite little write-off. <laughs> you know, it's me, me, me. He's got one of those. Uh, he's got one of those scales that goes go ray me, 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 me. <laughs> and it's uh, pretty easy to fathom. Yeah, and I know people in life like that too. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, Disney games have always been pretty solid for the oh, most yeah. part, at least in back in the day. I can't contest you know for anything recently. You know what? I just recently. remembered one. I haven't actually played this one. Maybe one of you guys has played it. It was, I forget the title. It was fairly recent. You were playing as the various, 
like iterations of Mickey Mouse throughout the decades, like going all the way back to like Steamboat Willie. Ooh, and you're like jumping cool. through the generations of I Disney think I know animation. what you're talking about, yeah, but I can't remember what force you were fighting. It's like yeah, Disney. it was on the Wii. It was called Epic Quest or something That's like the that? Epic Mickey. That's Epic it. Mickey, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, I never played it. I, I thought it was interesting. I don't think it got great reviews. But yeah, they did the Wii. the first one came out on regular Wii, and I think the sequel it it was either Wii or Wii U, but but I think that's that's why I didn't get involved with it just because of the I couldn't play a Wii game with a damn controller to <laughs> save my life. Didn't you you take like a paintbrush and paint yeah. stuff into the, mm-hmm. the screen and stuff? This sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we actually had it in our hands at one point, like thinking about buying it for Wii. Uh, it was on Wii at one point, right? I mean, yeah, the first one's Wii exclusive. Okay, so we could still get. I mean, that's the that's the console we're still going on Nintendo in this household. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, with Nintendo consoles, there's only a few games I like. The rest of them are just like right. too kitty. So I'll wait for them to go cheap for me. Yeah. But um, the Switch might be the exception. That Switch is pretty cool. Uh, I've been pretty impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I mean, I will say I was a huge skeptic and I have one and I really only have like two games. But like what impresses me is the support just of developers. Like they have probably more support from developers and probably a bigger library now than they did with the Wii U and Wii combined, which is saying something. So, right. It's definitely uh, the most Nintendo hype I've seen in years mm-hmm. around a new yeah. system yeah. release, you know? It's new Nintendo renaissance. I mean, Which is hear, what, what, what's been your experience? I've got two games, and I've looked through the library, and I'm just like, I could get that for the other two consoles. I can play that on Steam, and it'll probably look better. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, eh, there's nothing really good that I want to play. It's Legend of Zelda that got me. That's I Yeah, that, I, that game's fun. That's... Probably Plus, there's going to be other games coming out for it. There's, I mean, uh, I, w- I want to do the Mario Kart. I want to play that. I want to play. Kart. And I tell you what, Mario Mario Odyssey, yeah. is just delightful as fuck. It's just pleasant. I heard it's amazing. Yeah, and um, eh. I love it. They're bringing a, a Pokemon like a RPG to that console. Oh yeah, I heard. So. Yeah. Oh nice. I you know what that. I would like to see on Switch is? Do you remember that game that came out that was kind of like a Pokemon? Fight? It was like Pokemon Tournament. Yes. Or something? I would play the shit out of that, but I would love that. Would be probably one of my first. Either that or Mario Odyssey would be um, like my a first full on Pokemon fighting, like the thing you yeah. always imagine happening in your head. There's tournaments. <laughs> People online like have like tournaments of that game, and they put it on YouTube. It's crazy. The graphics are sickening. They look amazing. <laughs> I believe it. Ah, oh, I forgot all about that. See that that right there might be a reason to give us. Yeah, yeah. If I, I don't know if it's on there, whatever. One of these Pokemon tournament. Yeah, yeah. It is. is it? Yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> what am I doing? Me second guessing myself. Is it? Why made you think it wasn't? I don't know. I just didn't know if it was. I thought it was just. I don't on think I've the seen anything in the library. No. Hmm. Dun dun dun. What if I went and bought that fucking console for that game <laughs> and then realized? Oh boy, <laughs> time to play some Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, 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 boom. All right. Well, I think that's going that's to do been it. 35 minutes. <laughs> 35 minutes of uh, desperate conversation. I don't know. Maybe that was too difficult of a uh, topic. No, to dude. To table, I thought we, uh, no, we hit some good points. Yeah. No, we, we smashed it. No, we got them all. We smashed that shit. <laughs> Split it like a log. <laughs> uh, really quick before we move on, uh, one thing we should mention, uh, we lost uh, Vern Troyer we yeah. this week. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was that sucked to hear, man. Mm-hmm. It really sucked. I think he had been at a convention or two, maybe, that we had been at. We never saw him or really no. cross paths with him, but... Um, 
Yeah, that sucked. I, from what I've been hearing, what I've been hearing all comes from the internet, so could it, it could be wrong. Uh, yeah. But I've heard it uh, was possibly suicide, and that, that sucks. Oh, damn. I didn't hear that. Bummer. I could be wrong. I just saw it a few places. So don't quote me on that, because I haven't seen anything official come out yet, right. as it's only been like a day or two when we're recording this. But uh, at any rate, our you know our thoughts go out to his family and uh, sure. friends. Because he, from what I understand, what I saw of him, I, I looked into trying to get him on the show at one point, and uh, I didn't. I don't think he made himself very avail- available for like press outlet in in that uh, fashion. But in doing so, I saw that he had like a YouTube series at one point that just was kind of like where it followed him around in his daily life, sure. and it just seemed like he was a really great guy, just all around, just happy, great guy, at least on the outside. So. Mm-hmm. It uh, it just sucks. You never know what people are dealing with behind closed doors, you know? Can't really tell. No, you can't. But, I mean, come on. He's given us Mini-Me. And, I mean, that in itself is one of the the most iconic characters of the past 20 years, right? (laughs) Come on. He was hilarious. But, anyway, rest in peace, uh, Vern Troyer. And, uh, yeah, thanks for all the entertainment you leave behind. All right. Well, with that, let's swing open the door to the comic vault. Who would like to go first this week? I'll go first. Go first, Jack. So I've got Star Power. It's a webcomic that we talked about. Well, we talked to the creators back in, I think it was 2015. It's been a minute ago. They were on their Kickstarter for their second volume. But Mm -hmm. I started from the beginning because I don't remember much of it. But it's about a girl named Danica that the whole story takes place in the future. Um, We've had first contact with aliens, of course. Everyone's kind of gotten together to put technology, make everyone better. And she's working on a space station as a science... uh, uh, Intern, kind of? Yeah, like science intern, like an astronomer. And she's looking out the end of the stars and sees a certain star, but her boss is yelling at her, don't look at that one, that's not the one we're looking for, the the special light that they're looking for. And her boss goes away, and then all of a sudden that light gets brighter, 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 until it blinds her. Next thing she knows, she's in this sweet-ass powered suit that she has no idea what it's about and then the space station gets attacked and she fights them off and she comes to find out that it's basically kind of like a green lantern core deal but she is the last one it's called the star power sentinels Mm. and she's the last one and her adventures start there she has no idea how to use the power this like orb comes up and is like, "You are the new Star Power Sentinel." Right. That's it. Bye. <laughs> and she's like, "Well, I don't, don't know how many manuals do left." Yeah. <laughs> but it's it was pretty good. The was, art is freaking amazing. It might as well be an animated series. Yeah, it's so good. I I uh, was actually going through books the other day and found a copy of that that uh, I think we printed up a few pages when we had them on the first time and I was looking through it and my God, mm-hmm. it's just such a beautiful comic and it's so easy to get hooked into that book yeah. so quickly. Like a few pages in, you're like, oh, you're like vested, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So check it out. It's a good one. And they just sure. they just recently had a Kickstarter for their fourth issue. Wow. All right, they're working on number five now. Chugging right along. They, yeah, they are. They're doing it pretty quick it seems like having right. five volumes wow 2015 they were doing damn well so i can't imagine <laughs> yeah. how they're doing now so it was like four days and they hit their goal on their kickstarter or something like they that. blew it the fuck out yeah. of the water <laughs> and like we're already like uh beating stretch goals and stuff yep if, if i remember correctly but it's a uh, starpowercomic.com check it out easy enough scott would you like to go next 
<laughs> well, so I've got um, so my thing right now is that um, I've got a shop that carries dollar comics. So basically, I just go through and I find all number ones, and I'll read anything that's a number one. Um, so the one I've got right now is called US One. Uh, does that ring anybody's bell? Mm-mm. No. Who? Uh, okay. What label is it on? Uh, it's a Marvel comic. It's from 1983. Um, uh, the cover is labeled as High Adventure Trucking Down the Highway. <laughs> so, uh, US-1 uh, stands for Ulysses Solomon Archer. And uh, he is a young boy whose family is a trucker family and um, his parents are actually killed in a trucking accident but they're killed by a mysterious evil trucker <laughs> who, who drives them off the highway and um, his two him and his brother survive and uh, so he gets um, adopted by a truck stop owner named Ed Wheeler and Basically, they his brother's not smart, and he is, which is the way that you can basically boil boil down the story. And he goes to college, and he learns all this sweet stuff while his brother's a trucker. And um, so then, like, years later after college, um, his brother ends up driving trucks as well. And so he comes back from, from college to drive with his brother, and they get run off the road by this same masked trucker. So his brother dies, and he, Jeez. yeah, it's it's a it's a horrible, tragic story about trucking. And uh, so um, he takes all this knowledge that he has um, from college, and he builds a badass rig with like all sorts of awesome technology, so that he can go out on the road and try to find this masked trucker who killed his entire family. So um, the first issue basically sets you up with all of that and then it boils down to the end of the issue where he uh encounters the masked man once again and he gets uh he gets to a bridge and they have a standoff and the masked trucker ends up driving off of the bridge and uh but they don't find debris anywhere so it's it's likely that the masked trucker is still out there so that is US one number one. Fantastic! I was waiting for you to say like, and then he was bitten by a radioactive eighteen wheeler. <laughs> wonder how long the series went for that. Oh, I don't know. Um, what's funny is it's it's one of these comics that I totally saw randomly in a box, and it's like, oh man, I need to get that. That looks so bad. And um, <laughs> like, uh, and one of the guys who was at the booth where I was looking at it, he's like, yeah, no, you've ever read that? I'm like, no. And he's like, well, you should. It's really good. And uh, I guess Jason Aaron, when he did his Ghost Rider run several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he brings this character back and like has him play a role in it, which is pretty sweet. So, <laughs> love the blonde hair with a red bandana. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Looking. Shit, I forgot one of the best parts. Oh damn. So one of his awesome parts is in this wreck that he gets in with his brother. He has to have a surgery in which he gets like this like metal cranium thing with a computer in it, which allows him to have a CB in his head. <laughs> Yeah. That must be why that oh, cover God. has a metal head in the yeah, background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. that is wonderful. 
Oh yeah, man. It's, it's killer comic. Like it's one of those ideas. I wish it was mine. It's funny. Uh, I, this segment used to be called the comic dump bin <laughs> and we changed it because we felt like, you know, we, we talk about the comics in this segment in a positive light and we didn't want people to think, Oh, there was some confusion dumping on their them, comic yeah. made it the comic dump bin. like, Oh, what did I do wrong? Didn't want to do that. But I've been thinking another segment to make would be cool, would be the comic dump the bin, dump bin. <laughs> where we actually go down to the comic book store, grab a handful of things out of the dump bin, and see if they truly belong being there. It's like that you know? Star Trek comic I had a little while back. Oh, was, yeah. I was probably pissed about because yeah. it was horrible. Yeah. So I think that would be something fun to do. Maybe yeah. something we'll explore down the road. Agreed. Actually bringing some just light to the comic dump bin. For sure. But very good, very good. That, that was a hell of a cover. Yeah. <laughs> a hell of a cover on that comic there. <laughs> All right. Uh, you mind if I go next, Jay? No, please Are you do. chomping at the bit no, to go no, next? No, Well, what I'm uh, going to be talking about here, I got from a book that I got last year's Free Comic Book Day, the Columbus Creators Anthology, and they just put this out. I don't know if it's every Free Comic Book Day. I hope it is because I kind of enjoyed it. Um where it's just an anthology, a few pages of a bunch of different comic creators right here in good old Columbus, Ohio. And uh, one that I flipped to was by Brian uh, Canini, C-A-N-I-N-I, Canini, right? That sounds about right. It doesn't really have a title, but what it is, it looks like it's just a single-page commercial (laughs) for the the housewife looking to poison her husband. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but she wants to be inconspicuous about it. Yes. So it's a box that says not poison <laughs> that you can slide over your box of poison <laughs> to make sure your victim doesn't know they're being poisoned. And that it's way the perfect crime. Yeah. If they question what you're doing, hey, are you putting poison in my food? Why no? <laughs> Look, it's clearly not poison. Not poison. <laughs> so what I thought would be fun instead of just describing this to you, I guess well, I guess kind of did, but we took the comic here before the show started, added a few uh, little lines to make it uh, more radio friendly and recorded our own radio commercial of this very comic right here. So I'm going to cut that in right here. Tired of this happening to you? Honey, I'm home. Dinner smells delicious. Hey, this is poison. Happy anniversary? Try new, not poison, poison container. Its patent-pending smiley face design will lull your victims into that false sense of security they crave. But don't take our word for it. Honey, I'm home. Aha! Caught you again, you evil bitch. Oh, honey, it's not Not poison. poison. Now be sure to eat every bite, dear. Oh, sweetie, you're the swellest. Not Poison Poison Container. Available anywhere fine implements of death are sold. And we hope you enjoyed that (laughs) radio commercial. But uh, we had fun making it. Uh, You should check out uh, Brian Canini's stuff. Go over to the Drunken... Or excuse me, DrunkenCatComics.com. Find him on Twitter at DrunkenCatComics with an X. Uh, but it looks like the drunken cat is probably Brian's main character on yeah, his website there. So. Uh, it seems to be the mascot for the website, though there are comic archives where you can check out other stuff. But And I think there are other like uh, kind of like Sunday funny-ish strips of the drunken cat, you know, a few panel funnies. But it looks like as soon as you go down the website, there's a place where you can even ask the drunken cat a question. You submit a question, and he comes back at you in every... 
every Tuesday and Saturday it updates, so I'm not sure how quick the turnaround would be on that. But, for instance, the one that's up right now is uh, someone asking, why are cats such dicks? And the cat just looks at you and says, well, that's simple, Jack, because we're better than you. <laughs> You're basically <laughs> our slaves. That's the end of the comic. And how true it is. Right to the point with that one. That yeah. cat almost kind of looks like the Doonesbury cat. A little bit. I'm getting kind of like a Trinky Crow vibe. Mm, oh, I yeah. can yeah. see that, yeah. too. I love when you can see inspiration yeah, in the character. Yeah. So check it out, drunkencatcomics.com. And I hope you enjoyed our little radio uh, <laughs> our little uh, commercial there. Fantastic. That leaves Jake. All right, guys. Well, I don't have any one single comic to share with you this time. I wanted to draw some attention to a rather excellent Twitter page that I stumbled into called Spider Forest Comics. That's just at Spider Forest. Um, this page has a gathering of some truly incredible, active, really diverse indie web comics from just across the whole spectrum of genres. And I'm going through, and the rabbit hole is pretty endless there. The reason I'm talking about the, the page as a whole is because I couldn't really narrow it down to any one thing I wanted to single out above the rest. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, check it out and just sample some of the, man, just the really tremendous variety of stuff you can find on there. And it's it's cool to see a place where where people who produce this kind of content can come together cooperate, share exposure, because, man, it's got to be a thankless job, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, web comics already don't get a hell of a lot of attention until they're already mind-blowingly famous. You know, there's like mm -hmm. a huge gulf there. And then indie web comics, eh, these people pour their hearts and soul into something that consumes their life to create, especially on a regular basis. So it's, it's cool that there are places where they can get recognition. So check it out. Find something you like there. I guarantee you will. I don't know if you recall a, uh, a comic I talked about recently called Moonslayer. Uh, yeah, yeah sounds It's actually uh, associated with Spider Forest. So they're, they're just a, there you go. They're everywhere. So yeah, check it out. At Spider Forest. Pretty easy. Sounds cool. All right. Very successful comic vault. Good titles all around. <laughs> <laughs> and let's turn our attention over to another good title that Scott has produced for us. Thanks again for being with us, Scott. Yeah, man. And we uh, have got to take a peek at Final Street here. Uh, Jack brought a copy over, and boy, what a good little uh, stroll through a video game brought to comic uh, that was. Uh, not that Final Street is a video game, but if it were, man, I'd be playing the shit out of it because this was a fun ride. <laughs> I can only assume yeah. that's the next step. It, yeah, it, it had Gosh. the uh, feel of playing that kind of a uh, old, you know, 16-bit beat-em-up game. I love the health bars occasionally above the characters. <laughs> I love how the passerby on the street just has a has a like a lead pipe chilling over his shoulder <laughs> like it's something to do. And let's not forget perfectly good turkey legs just oh, yeah. waiting subways. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, and I love how the fight progressed to the subway too in the comic. That was amazing. But Scott, we know you know what Final Street is. We know what Final Street is, and a lot of our listeners since we've had you on before might know, but there's undoubtedly a group that do not know what Final Street is. So, can you quickly set up the comic for them? Yeah, for sure. Um, so a real quick tagline for it would be that uh, Final Street is a retro beat-em-up comic book. Um, basically, my co-creator, Brian Atkins, who's the artist, and I, we're both huge fans of the genre of beat-em-ups, which, you know, back in the day was simply you selecting a character and you going from left to right and beating up everything on the screen with a boss at the end of each level and... Um, 
you know, a lot of the times the games were urban settings and having to do with gangs and weapons and, and all that stuff. So huge fans of that uh, games like Double Dragon, Streets of Rage and Final Fight. And uh, we just wanted to see if we could boil this formula down into a comic book and make it work. And um, success. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we tried and I, I think that I think that we we did what we set out to do with this first issue. It definitely feels like you've been around or have had your hands on a Super Nintendo after you <laughs> yeah. put this book down. I mean, even in the back when you were just flipping through there, seeing like the different moves. Move the, list. The That's my favorite part. Yeah, in order to <laughs> achieve these moves. So, this this is coming off the uh, a successful Kickstarter, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, you wanted to come on and tell the listeners a little bit about pre-orders and uh, how to get their hands on copies. Yeah, um, uh, basically. So we we ran the Kickstarter. Um, I guess it's been about a year or so now, um, which is funny because the year before that. Um, we actually came on to Canned Air, Brian and I, and we basically just started the idea. So um, we actually have a lot to uh, thank Canned Air for because when we came on, we were talking about this comic, but we really didn't have anything like visuals. Like we didn't have characters. We didn't have any comic stuff. We didn't have a logo. So we came on and we talked about it. And then we're like, you guys asked us for some images to promote it. And we're like, Oh shit! So, <laughs> so next the next week we're like scrambling to get everything together, and uh, that really like was our springboard to to you know get the series rolling. And from there we started the Instagram page and and got that going, and then went to Kickstarter, and then after that was successful, um, we were able to take it to C two E two and uh, put it in the hands of some publishers. And um, Devil's Due Comics um, actually signed us and. Uh, so now that they are in control of the of the series as far as distribution, you can um, you can go to devilsdo.net and you can pre-order the comic from there. Um, and you can also message us through our final street comic at gmail.com um, if you'd like to order us directly from us. So the pre-orders were in Diamond, but that just ended last week. So, but. Even though the pre-orders did end, you can still pre-order it from Devil's Due, and they'll ship it to your house or to your comic shop. And you can also go ahead and add the series to your pull list at your local comic shop, as it will be um, continue distribution through Diamond through the full four-issue miniseries. So it's going to be so awesome to see this chilling on the uh, on the rack. Oh, I think I would at the uh, store, and it's. I'm glad you brought that up because. Uh, you know, have you guys being on the show the first time and having just a concept because we've seen, you know, we've had other people in those same situations come on before and then they just kind of drop off the radar. You never yeah, hear you from them. <laughs> so, so to actually see this from just a thought from the ground to, floor all the way up to a comic that's sitting here on the book on the <laughs> table in front of us and we're talking about is awesome to see. And seeing it on that uh, shelf rack is going to be even cooler to see i can't wait and i think it's going to just jump off the shelf at people because the front of it i mean if you've ever played like final fight in your life this is going to it's going to peak it's going to be a part of your brain yeah it's going to reach off the (laughs) shelf and smack you you your thumbs are going to start aching as soon as you see (laughs) exactly so i congrats to you man to to the both of you or to all of you rather i mean i guess there's more than just a few of you uh involved in this project but 
My God, it looks so freaking good. It looks amazing. Uh-huh. You're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we, we appreciate it. We, um, you know, like the thing about it is you know, what, we're trying to sell the concept, you know, and everything, and it really riding that line between gimmick and like something, you know, that's actually there. Because right. the first issue, you know, it's it's about the most pared down to an actual video game level that you can get like you know we don't we don't have a whole lot of characterization going on like it's there but we really want to try to put every reader in that first stage you know Mm -hmm. like they just hit they just press start they just selected their character and now they're just running towards the end of the stage to fight the boss you know like that's basically all we had room for so like we really hope that's able to to capture people's interest and be like, oh, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. And then the thing is, is with the second issue in the rest of the series is, is we still pay a lot of homage to, you know, the other beat em up series that we really love and the history behind the games. Um, but we also get to start telling more of our story with our characters um, and Transit City where it takes place. You know, it's a world of its own and we get to start to, to like, you know, show that there's more to it like the second issue and third and fourth they won't be like the exact same thing that you just read you know like format wise they will be stage wise because that's how all those games were but you know there's going to be more meat on the bones um as each issue goes on you know that you just mentioned something i never even thought about it's you know it's one thing to make a a, a comic book that looks like a video game but in order to, it's one thing to look like it it's another to maintain the feeling of a video game and i think you did rather well i mean yeah. not without getting lost in gimmick you yeah know, it, the vibe is there but it's not distracting everything complements you haven't overcomplicated the characters yeah, yeah. you've given them about as much background as you would get from double dragon mm-hmm. or, or or from like final fight you just have and an overall like, story and you don't get deep into the character at all there's just, room to grow you know and i think that's an important aspect that a lot of people might miss you know but uh, yeah knowing that uh knowing how into these games Scott actually is, lives and breathes these things. <laughs> if anyone's going to get it right, it's going to be Scott. The Thanks, last man. page is the it. clear screen, the level clear screen <laughs> with all the the points that you accrue. So how, how far do you see this going then, Scott? How many levels is this game going to have before it's over? So the, the first miniseries, it's four issues, and um, that basically encapsulates what would be the first game. Um but Brian and I have definitely, you know, stayed up till, you know, wee hours of the night smashing buttons and, and uh, thinking about how far we could take the series. And, and ultimately, we could see it going as t- much as 12 issues and being oh, sweet. being three separate four-issue miniseries because sort of the history of beat-em-ups sort of takes you down that similar path where three is about the maximum that, that most of the series went and they sort of have a have an escalation of the plot that they all follow. Because your first one's your basic, uh, you know, one area kind of place. They're all in a city. And then the second one sort of ramps things up. And then the third one, for some reason, takes a, a world tour. And you find your characters going across the world and smashing faces in other countries. So um, we've thought about how to adapt our story to that that format. So I'd say minimum four four issues and we can be happy with doing um you know the first game and 
and and being happy with that but maximum we could do we could do 12 issues please tell me that somewhere in the back of your mind you're thinking that eventually this will be a playable game (laughs) please tell me that's in the works at some level I, I would love to. I mean, that would be the ultimate goal. Like, our, our thought was that, you know, we're laying the groundwork with this. You know, we've got character designs. You know, we've got story. We've got everything that that a, a developer would really need asset-wise to, to really get started. Um, and, you know, like, indie games, you hear about those popping up left and right with as little as, like, three developers you know or like three programmers you know tiny tiny teams of people and and games even like that like taking off so part of me there there's this part of me that really hopes that that it could happen because it doesn't seem so hard to do right now you know right there's a convention a gaming convention i go to here right here in columbus a cord convention i went last year for the first time but it's all like retro video games and there are so many games that you can buy that like aren't real. Like people have just made at home and then somehow port them into an NES cartridge or a Super NES cartridge, mm. like versions of Pokemon that you you can't find or where they're swearing. Yeah. Like like one was uh, like one was Super Luigi World or something. Like one of the hardest <laughs> Mario games are supposed to be out there. Um, I played it. I played a version of Sonic the Hedgehog that had Mario in it instead of. Sonic. <laughs> People are doing crazy things with games, so I don't yeah. Sky's see the limit with it this being impossible for you you being able to find someone out there who has a Final Fight game engine or a Double Dragon that could dress it up to look like Final, or Final Hell, Street. Hell, sell a character pack for a pre-existing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I know that um, the so there's like a whole community devoted to Streets of Rage, and um, basically you can you can get almost any character set as a game skinned with just the streets of rage game so they're like there's turtles of rage you can play um shoot there's the simpsons in the in the streets of rage games like anybody you can think of they they make it out there so i mean i would love to and i've seen that there's actually several beat-em-ups in development from companies out there right now like small ones um i don't know the name but i i pre pre pre-ordered a game from a a european developer that's putting an an original beat-em-up out on a genesis cartridge and it's it's about two years in development behind (laughs) but it looks really awesome so i mean like the the fan base is out there so who knows let's you know we're hoping but it's it's also kind of a tough thing to to get into you know be like hey i've got a video game idea (laughs) yeah so those games need to come back teach Mm -hmm. us how to be patient and persistent again right yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly But, Scott, I want to thank you for, again for being back on the show. Uh, again, to our uh, listeners at home, devilsdo.net, and uh, keep an eye out in your local comic book store coming in June because you're going to see this gem chilling there on the shelf. We recommend you pick it up. Is there anywhere else I should be telling people, Scott? Um, honestly, like uh, we do most of our promotion um, and interaction on Instagram. So if you look up Final Street on Instagram, then uh, we do giveaways, uh, chances to be in the comic. We do history of beat 'em ups. Um, you know, naturally we've got art going on that's from the comic. Um, so follow us on there, and you can get everything that we do. Is your handle the same for Twitter at Final Street? 
Uh, we don't have a, a final streak going on Twitter right now, but you can follow me, uh, Scott Schmidt, at Pistol Whip Press. Cool. Got you. Awesome. Cover all the bases there. Yeah, I'm just writing all this down so we know where to be promoting for you and right for on. ourselves. But, Scott, thank you so much for being on the show. And, hey, look forward to having you back again, man. You just let us know. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a blast, fellas. Same here. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com, check out our special guest page, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, click on that birch button, buy some stickers or something, and if you'd like to be a guest to promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And once more, that is at Pod on Twitter and at canned underscore air on Instagram. And if you like what we do, Patreon people, do it. There's a whole new show in it for you. Candare, live. Will we succeed? Will we crash and burn? Be there either way. Either way, it'll be entertaining. It'll be entertaining. <laughs> it'll be entertaining. I guarantee you'll be talking about it. May so you can laugh at us. May 12th at 645 at the uh, the Garden, Garden Theater here in Columbus, Ohio, the Columbus Podcast Festival. It's running for, what, for four days, I think, yep. 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. Be there for Candare. We're going to put it on t-shirts. Like yeah, it put it on t-shirts it's at society6.com. <laughs> We're just going to sit here and keep advertising <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, again, I, I'm serious, though. The scary, the scary, strange, weird stories that you may have. It can be anything as long as when you're done with that story, at least people go on. Wow, that was weird. That was weird. <laughs> I want to hear those stories to get them on the show. Let me know, candarepodcast at gmail.com or just head to candarepodcast and go to the contacts page and send us that story. We want to hear it. I think that's going to do it for this week, though. So until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Scott Schmidt. Like a true pro right there. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. For Buzz, Mankins would have been cooked. I'm not Buzz Lightyear. Thanks, Mr. Lightyear. I am not Buzz Lightyear. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. <laughs>